0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Say Hey Podcast, episode 14 to be exact, and I'm going to be your host for today's show, James Donahue, as I am for every show, and hopefully that's not a deal breaker for you. Folks, if you're a Giants fan listening to this show, and I'm assuming you are, my God, has it been a rough couple of days. Thank God we swept the Mariners, but this series against the Oakland A's was quite frustrating. If there was anything we have struggled with all season, it was definitely exposed throughout this entire series, whether that be poor defense, terrible base running, or poor starting pitching. The A's were able to exploit every weakness we have, and it was not pretty. If we expect to make a postseason run, then we need to desperately tighten up those loose ends, otherwise we won't have a chance at making the playoffs. Folks, if you did miss the last few games for the Giants, all you need to know is that we did end up sweeping the Mariners for those two games, not surprisingly. But we did also go to Oakland and lose two out of three games. Thank God the last game we were able to walk away with the win and Tyler Anderson being a little uncharacteristic. I was surprised by his performance against one of the best teams in the American League. I know I could speak for everyone when I say that I definitely did not expect Mr. Inconsistent Tyler Anderson to pitch 5.2 innings, zero earned runs. He did give up two runs, though, so they they were not earned and ended up striking out four Oakland A's batters in order to give us a fighting chance for the last game. But the MVP of this game, I'm going to have to give it to Mr. Brandon Crawford. He did walk away with a Grand Slam. And some fun facts about Brandon Crawford. He's the first shortstop in MLB history to hit a Grand Slam in a postseason game and a first Major Leaguer in four decades to collect seven hits in a game. The Grand Slam he hit on Sunday I think was his fifth career Grand Slam. And he kind of has a knack for doing that kind of thing considering that his first official Major League hit was a grand slam against the Milwaukee Brewers all those years ago. And it kind of goes along with the theme of the type of year Brandon Crawford has been having all season. He's by far had some former resurgence along with Brandon Belt in their late stages of their career. And I know I could speak for everyone by saying that it has been quite enjoyable to watch. And something this year that Brandon Crawford has been able to improve on is his success when swinging at the first pitch. Brandon Crawford has swung at the first pitch in his at-bats this year 24 times, and he's accumulated 13 hits in those 24 swings, which which equates to about a 540-something batting average. In order for our offense to keep performing the way it has, Brandon Crawford needs to keep doing what he's been doing all season. There's no room to slow down now. Speaking of the rest of the season, last night was the first game of the four-game series against the Colorado Rockies at home, and then there's going to be a four-game series to follow against the San Diego Padres. Unfortunately, we did not get the result that we needed, and at this point in the season... We have no more room to lose games. We need to win these games. This matchup is too good for us not to. If we can't pull out three wins, I was hoping for a sweep, honestly, but if we can't pull out three wins against these Colorado Rockies who do not perform well in this park, then we are definitely in trouble. Now, I mentioned that the Rockies are not good in this park, specifically and the 20 years at Oracle Park or Pac Bell, at t however you remember it, has been open. The Rockies have played 183 games there. In that time frame, the Rockies carry a record of 69 and 114, which equates to a 377 winning percentage, which is also comparable to the winning percentage of the worst team in the National League West, Arizona Diamondbacks, who are currently showcasing a 370 win percentage. Long story short, that is not a good record at a ballpark. Not to mention, as a team, over the last two decades, the Rockies have hit... A 231 batting average as a team over 6,180 at-bats in San Francisco. So the matchup is here considering the fact that this year the San Francisco Giants are 16-9 and at home and they are averaging 5.8 runs at home, which I'm just going to go ahead and round up to six runs at home. There is no excuse to not win these games, especially when you consider how intense the situation is. We cannot afford the losses here. I cannot stress that enough. However... Unfortunately, during last night's game, as I mentioned, the outcome was not in our favor. Johnny Cueto finally makes a start after his start was pushed back due to a nagging hip situation. And if you know Cueto, then you know just how much his shimmies involve his hips. But my God, was this start frustrating for Giants fans to watch because after surrendering two runs in the first inning... The Rockies' bats weren't really contained for the rest of his outing. Cueto would finish his knife pitching 4.1 innings, surrendering seven earned runs on eight hits. However, when it comes to pitching, it wasn't all bad for the Giants. After Cueto came out of the game in the fifth inning, Wendy Peralta, Sean Anderson, Sam Coonrod, and Trevor Cahill all pitched a combined 4.2 innings while only surrendering one hit and striking out seven batters. And although you can't count on Donnie Salami to make a defensive play, you can always count on him to get a hit, no matter what the situation is. That's right, Donovan Solano not only committed another error tonight, but he also collected two hits and an RBI. Another offensive highlight was Mr. Alex Dickerson collecting three hits in the leadoff spot in Yaz's absence. And his three hits included a single, double, and a home run. That's right. He was a triple shy of the cycle the day after his son was born. Yes, speaking of Yaz, at this time, I do not have an update in regards to Mike Shremsky's calf injury. All I've heard at this point is that Yaz is still nursing his mild calf strain. But yesterday before the game, Yaz was hitting off a tee and doing some short toss. uh, But however, he was not running. Some other news and notes around our team. Yeah, I did not do that segment first. Uncharacteristic of me. The Giants have officially DFA'd Justin Smoke in order to make room for Alex Dickerson to rejoin the team from paternity leave. So for the fans who do not understand what DFA means, basically the man was cut. He did not do well enough. They pulled a Pablo, they pulled a Pence on him. Justin Smoke is no longer on the team, and we will not miss him, especially because Alex Dickerson uh, performed so well last night. Wendy Peralta, as we saw, and Andrew Suarez and Daniel Robertson have all been recalled from the alternate training site, and Jeff Samarja, the the Shark, pitched in Sacramento last night, and there's a possibility we can see him pitch on Friday against the Padres during one of the doubleheader games. That is all I have for the news and notes around our team. All right, moving on to the preview for the next three games against the Colorado Rockies. On the hill for us, it is going to be the fabulous Mr. Drew Smiley. During his last outing against the Seattle Mariners, Smiley was so dominant, you couldn't even take a poop without missing any action when he was on the mound. We saw him collect 8 strikeouts in 3.2 innings, and I foresee that happening here tonight as well. Not 8 strikeouts specifically, but dominance of that kind. Luckily for us, the Giants already had scored 8 runs in that game. Uh, which is probably why Gabe Kapler wisely decided to take out the hard-throwing lefty in order to preserve his longevity. For tonight's game, a promising matchup to look out for is Kevin Pillar. Yes, I know he hit a home run last night, but everyone was hitting off Johnny Cueto last night. Kevin Pillar has only collected two hits in 18 career at-bats against Drew Smiley, but of course, matchups we always need to be wary about are the ones against Charlie Blackman and Trevor Story. And three career at-bats against Smiley. Blackman has struck out twice, which definitely puts a smile on my face. But unfortunately for us, Trevor's story is two for two with a home run. So definitely something to look out for. Kyle Freeland will be throwing the ball for the Rockies. And I honestly could not be happier. During his last outing against the Giants, Freeland only lasted two innings after giving up four runs on eight hits. To make matters even better for the Giants, they are actually sporting a team batting average of .440 against Freeland. Andy has given up home runs to Yaz, Evan Longoria, Wilmer Flores, Mauricio DeBone, and two to Donovan Solano. Earlier in the show, I mentioned that we cannot afford any more losses. If we lose this game specifically, then I'm not sure what more we have to look forward to. This is going to be the easiest matchup during this series, and we have to capitalize. For Game 3, the Rockies currently have Ryan Castellanis slated to make the start for them, which is also proving to be another favorable matchup. On the year, Castellani is sporting an ERA of 5.59 and is coming off a rough outing against the LA Dodgers when he gave up seven earned runs on eight hits in four innings. Versus the Giants, however, his exposure to them has been rather thin. Castellani has only recorded seven official at-bats against seven Giants hitters, and there isn't too much ownage. I expect the Giants to put up a fight against Castellani, and they're going to have to if they expect to win this game, especially since Logan Webb might be on the mound for us. Now, during Logan Webb's last outing against the Rockies, he surrendered four earned runs on seven hits in 5.1 innings pitched. All right, as I mentioned, the Giants have a serious chance at walking away for the rest of this series, winning the rest of these three games. However, in order to do that, this matchup is key. It is the only thing standing in the way from that being accomplished. I don't have to tell you how much Webb has struggled recently, but we desperately need Webb to give a solid performance because we have officially run out of time. Game 4 will take place on Thursday at 12.45 in the afternoon, and it will feature a matchup between Kevin Gosman and Chi-Chi Gonzalez. If we can get through the Logan Webb matchup, then it will all be downhill from here. Because Chi-Chi on the year has a 7.53 ERA, and the Giants have accumulated a three fifty eight batting average and 42 at-bats against Chi-Chi. Yes, his name's Chi-Chi. Some notable matchups I'm looking forward to is Alex Dickerson, who is 4-for-5 against Gonzalez with two doubles, and Brandon Crawford, who is 2-for-4 against him with the homer. Kevin Gosman has been spectacular over his last three outings, going at least five innings in all three of them while only surrendering one run in two of those outings and only two runs in the other one. For this outing, I expect Gosman to stay on track and continue his dominance on the mound against the Rockies. During his last outing against them, Gosman only gave up two hits and they were both solo home runs to Garrett Hampson. So all Gosman has to do is get Hampson out by any means necessary and the rest of the work should be relatively straightforward. Now, before I mention this last piece of good information, I have to admit that I'm definitely hesitant to because when I was talking about the A's series in the last episode, I waited to the very last minute to mention that the A's were going to be playing without their best hitter. And then we would go on to lose the next two games against the A's. But the situation is the same here. I don't know if you noticed, folks, but Nolan Arenado, the legendary third baseman for the Colorado Rockies, future Hall of Famer, in my opinion, is not playing. He will not be able to play throughout this entire series because he's on the DL, which is a boatload of good news. Now, there are still plenty of amazing hitters in this lineup. Trevor Story, Charlie Blackman. Garrett Hampson has ownage against Kevin Gosman, and he's also a sneaky hitter. McMahon is also another sneaky hitter. But with that being said, when you're playing against a team that's played terribly in Oracle Park, and you're playing against a team that is without their best hitter, not only in the Colorado Rockies lineup, but he's one of the best hitters in the entire National League. The stage is set for us. If we do not get these three wins, I know I'm setting the bar high. Well, James, that's three wins is asking a lot considering how we've been playing. But it's crunch time. I, I, I don't know how else to explain it. We need to win these next games because we have a series against, a four-game series, I might add, against the San Diego Padres. Yes, it's at home, but it's the San Diego Padres. We all know how well we played against them. Not well. So if we can just walk away with these three wins heading into a Padres series, then we have hope. Of securing one win, at least one win against the Padres, I think we're going to be set up nicely. But I'm not going to lie to you folks, it's tight. The playoff race is tight right now. We actually do not have a spot anymore, but we're not far off. We're only a game out of a second wildcard spot, and we can do it. I know we can. I was reading an article by one of the San Francisco Giants beat reporters And in that interview, Trump was explaining that they're ready to win. They absolutely know what's on the line. And he finished the interview by saying, you know, it's an even year. Which, hell yeah, it is an even year. Let's go, Trump. This is his rookie year on the Giants, and he knows what the even year means to not only to the team, but us as fans. I truly think we can enjoy these next three games because they're going to be crucial, and the Giants know they're going to be crucial. But the most important thing throughout the rest of the regular season is that you need to take one game at a time. You need to take one series at a time. I will be breaking down the San Diego Padres series, but that's going to be on Friday's episode. For right now, we need to focus on the Colorado Rockies series, and we need to get those three wins. There's no other option in my mind. You cannot walk away with less than three. That's our lucky number right now. Three wins against the Colorado Rockies and one win against the San Diego Padres. That's the bar I'm setting. Folks, that is going to be all for today's show. Thank you again for tuning in, especially if you've tuned in for this long. You can find the Say Hey Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can also leave a review and a rating if you feel so inclined. Folks, please enjoy tonight's game and please enjoy the next three games. They're going to be intense and they're going to be fun. Also, don't forget that Thursday is a day game. So Thursday nights are usually night games. However, for this series, the game is going to be at 1245 in the afternoon. And then we on Friday, we have a doubleheader against the San Diego Padres. All right, folks, as always, please be staying safe out there in this crazy world. And go Giants.